ready. Today, the word of the day is, can you guess it? Balance. <laughs> balanced curriculum, balanced dog training, balanced fitness program. It's, uh, it's a commonly used word, and I'm going to be talking about it today related to K9 Fitness. So thank you guys for joining me. What is a balanced program? Some of you, if you've worked with me, you know what that is. What is a balanced program? Why is it so important? And I'm going to be talking about canine fitness, but you guys, this this is an appropriate topic for us, for humans, when we talk about human exercise also. It's not just for dogs. Um, and so we're gonna be talking about what it is. I'm gonna give you some examples, why it's so important to be balanced, and what's what can happen and what could be detrimental if you don't have a balanced program. So thank you for joining me. Hello, a storm. Thank you for joining us. If you guys are in here just now joining us, come in, say hello. This topic, this is a good topic for all dog owners. And even if you're not a dog owner, think about yourself. But this is especially important for sport and working dog owners. Okay. So if you have a sport dog, a working dog, or you know, it could also be if you have a pet dog, but you you do a lot with your dog if you're really active with your dog. So, hey, Angie, thanks for joining us. So let me know, what is your focus? Sport? Is it work? Uh, you know, whether it's search and rescue, is it um, just an active pet dog that you like to go hiking with? What do you do with your, what do you do with your dog? Um, let me know and uh, we're going to jump right in. But before, let me just do a quick introduction in case this is your first time. My name is Erica Bowling. I'm the owner and founder of Northeast Canine Conditioning. I love helping people take their sport dogs and working dogs and really turning them into elite canine athletes. And I also like helping people um, design really innovative, creative programs, canine fitness programs and other programs, online programs, and really building and expanding their canine business. So um, so again, Northeast Canine Conditioning, I'm here every Friday, 8.30 p.m. live. And the topic for today is a balanced program. So Thomas, thank you for joining us. Barb, all right, you guys. You guys haven't told me, are you sport dogs, working dogs? Let me know. So, okay, a balanced program. Do you, do you know what it is? <laughs> um, all right, I'm gonna start right out. I'm gonna tell you one of, my, one of my pet peeves, okay? All right, <laughs> this really irks me. When I see so many people, like canine fitness is becoming more and more popular. I love that. I'm, I'm so excited people are recognizing the importance of canine fitness, okay? One, one of the things people are getting really excited and they're doing things on all the exercise equipment and you know there's really, really good exercises and you can do a lot with exercise equipment. The thing that drives me crazy is so many times when people are talking about canine fitness, all, all I see and everything, all the videos and all the conversations, it's around the equipment, okay? This is such a small, small part of a balanced fitness program. There's so much more to having a healthy and a fit dog. And um, and the thing is here is if you put too much emphasis in one area, okay, if, if you have an imbalanced program, if you do too much in one area, you're creating, you can be thinking that you're building a fit dog. But what you can actually, what we do, we do it. We are building imbalances in our dog. And imbalances create weaknesses. 
And if your dog's going to get injured, if your dog's going to have repetitive use injury, if your dog's, you know, slipping and sliding or, or does something accidentally that puts them in potential harm's way, if they have imbalances, they're more likely to get injured. So it, it's, it's really interesting that we can be doing stuff thinking we're making our dogs better when we could actually be putting them at greater risk. That makes sense. I'm going to give you some examples. So great. We have sport. I'm going to give you guys some Schutzen IPO examples. Angie's IPO. I'm going to give you some examples here. Um, okay. So let me give you an example. Let me give you a human example first. Okay. I used to do a lot of running. Um, I used to run marathons and um, I would run and run and run and run. And I didn't do much. Uh, I didn't do a lot of stretching. I didn't do weight training. Okay. What started, I started to get an imbalance of muscles. You get an imbalance between, you look at your quadriceps, your hamstrings, tight hamstrings, or pulling on my lower back. I started having back issues and I started having knee problems. And when I started having knee problems, I knew I had to get into the gym and I had to do strengthening exercises to work the muscles that weren't working as hard as whenever I was doing my running. I had to balance it. Because if I didn't balance it, I was overdoing it on one, you know, some muscles and other muscles weren't working as hard. And I wasn't working hard on those quadriceps. My hamstrings were working hard. My glutes were working hard. And my knees started to, to, to have issues. And as soon as I got to the gym and did weight training with my running, my knees started to feel better. The same thing with my back. Okay, so think about it with a dog. Okay, IPO. We see IPO people, dog sport people. Great, very active. Okay. IPO, um, obedience. Okay, what do we do? Our dog is in a focused heel and they're looking up at us. Okay, if you are a high level competitor or just very active, think about the number of hours and hours and hours of training you spend with your dog in that position. All right, what do you think's happening? We're starting to build imbalances. Your dog's going to be a little more flexible on one side, stiffer on another. You know, they're always in that position. Always. Some people I know will have the dog on both sides. But the majority of the people, your dog is always healing on the left side. So one of the things that I did was when I was healing and my dog was on the left side, focused healing, I made a point when I would go running and jogging with him, I put him on the other side just so that he's not always in that same position. Um, so let me give you another example. Um, so in some of these sports, like uh, a ring sport, uh, in, in IPO, you run the blinds, right? Um, now the blinds, this is more balanced than um, in, in ring sport. Typically in ring sport, in French ring, in Mondio, it's different, but we run, um, we train our dogs to go around the blinds in, in a pattern. And in IPO, they have a pattern too, right? But it's kind of the dog goes left and then right and then left and right. In French ring, we typically will just do the outside of the perimeter. And so most people, they'll train their dog to go clockwise or counterclockwise. Some teach both. But the majority of the people I know, they teach the dog to go around the blinds in one direction, either one. That's how I taught my dogs. So what happens? Your dog is continually always training. If I'm doing, you know, let's say if I'm going counterclockwise, um, which is what I, I train, my dog is always making that left hand turn, left hand turn, left hand turn, sharp turn to the left. All right. 
what am I doing? I'm creating imbalances in my dog. I'm creating muscle on the muscles on that side. Also flexibility. I'm you know working one side harder than the other. I'm creating imbalances. And if you keep doing that over and over and over, those imbalances can become greater. And like I said, when you don't have that balanced dog, balanced in muscles, balanced in flexibility, balanced in cardio, you're putting your dog at risk. And the thing is, we, we can't help it. We can't help it because if anything we train repetitively, when we train for competition, we're, even when it's not competition, we're, we're creatures of habit. So even if it's not in competition or in work, right, we probably fall into habits and in what we do with our dogs, what we do on a weekly basis. Um, and so those are some things to think about. And also, um, if Barb, thanks for joining us. You said you have a young dog and you want to have a long, healthy career, getting into nutrition, warm-ups, and cool downs. Yes, excellent. Those are all really, really important. And here's the thing, and you guys, I'm, I'm gonna try to do a, a screen share, and um, I hope it will show, let me know if you can see it. I'm gonna try to show both. And I hope you can see it. I can make it enlarged in a second. But so when we're talking about balance, let me see if I can make it bigger for you. So we're looking at strength training. We're looking at body awareness. We're looking at cardio. We're looking at flexibility. We're looking at sport or work specific training, right? All of these components make up a balanced program. And so what happens typically is by nature, we're going to gravitate more to one's area and, you know, depending on the sport that you do. So, for example, um, jumping is it is cardio, but it's also strength training. In, in IPO, you have the A-frame. In ring sport, we have in French ring and Mondial, we have a lot of jumps. In agility, there's a lot of jumps. They're not as high as the other sports, right? And so what you have, you have some cardio, but you also have some strength training built into it. Think about other sports where maybe you don't have cardio. Um, think about fly ball, right? So here we have a lot of sprinting. So our dogs are getting really good at sprinting short distances, but what could be lacking is their longer, the more endurance training, right? And your dog, your dog can be a great sprinter, but if you balance your training with aerobic and anaerobic, with sprinting and with longer endurance training, your dog's going to be better all around. He's going to be a good sprinter, but he's also going to have more stamina to go across time. Um, that's another example. Um, let me give you another example. And this is one that I'm guilty of. I do detection work. Um, I've done protection work. Um, I do obedience, of course, in there. And you know one of the areas that I'll tell you right now that I ignore is I don't do, other than in the sport-related exercises, I don't put enough emphasis on balance, body awareness. And now my dog, when he's doing sports-specific training, okay, he has good balance and body awareness in the sport. But I find that if I take him out of that context, for example, um, there's a fallen telephone pole at the, they use it for a parking lot at the park. And I'll have him walk on that telephone pole. And I'll have him sit, stand, and walk forward and walk backwards. I don't do it very often. I don't do it enough. 
his balance is horrible on it. I mean, I put him on there one time and I was like, oh my gosh, like I thought my dog had good balance. Like I do a lot of other things and I put him on that and I had him stand and, and it's pretty wide. It's not that narrow. And I was like, oh my gosh, like my dog doesn't have very good balance and that's going to put him at risk. That's going to put him at risk if he's doing some really high impact, um, you know, activities, very strenuous activities. And especially when they start to fatigue that body awareness, the balance, they start getting tired, they get sloppy, he's at a higher risk of injury. Um, and so, hey, Diane, thank you for joining us. So um, so let me just pull up again the some of those key things to be thinking about. So we've got, okay, strength training, all right? Yes, you can do strength training on a piece of equipment. You can do balance, okay? They're using body weight and gravity. Sometimes people will use, you know, a weighted vest. That's a whole nother discussion. I, I, I don't use a weighted vest. I got a lot of cautions about it, but that, that's a whole nother topic. Um, but strength training here, strength training, you know, you could be doing sprinting and hill work and jumping. You, if you want explosive energy, if you want power, you want to add speed to your cardio and your endurance combining strength training is going to help that. So if I do IPO training and just do my regular training all the time, and my dog's really good, if I add the right kind of strength training in addition to that to balance everything out, I could have a stronger, a more powerful, a more explosive dog in those entries, for example. Um, so that's an example just with strength training. Um, body awareness, as I mentioned, body awareness, it could be balance. Um, body awareness, you know, a lot of people, they don't teach hind end awareness. The dog can target and touch with the front feet. And then you start asking them to pivot around. Here's a perfect one. So you ask them to heal and you, you kind of do a turn or about turn. And sometimes, um, you know, they don't do that real tight, crisp turn and they don't get their hind end up underneath them. And there's a lot of exercises we can do to help get them that hind end awareness. There's also body awareness when they're moving quickly and running and going down the field and twisting and turning, um, jumping and, and maneuvering a jump and deciding, you know, in midair, they're looking at where they're going to land. So body awareness, I can work on the equipment, on exercise equipment all day, and that's not necessarily going to transfer over to my dog's body awareness when he's going over jumps, okay? So we have to think about how that balances with the type of activity. Cardio. Hi, Michael. Glad to see you could join us. My, uh, cardio is one of cardio is one of my favorites. Maybe it's because of my background as a as a runner and stuff. Um, cardio. The biggest discrepancy I see here, the imbalance, is typically our sports focus on most of our sports and activities and our jobs that we do with dogs. I'm thinking not necessarily search and rescue. A lot of a lot of the jobs in sports, they're short bursts of energy. They're they're more anaerobic um, activities. And so when we think about longer endurance, um, when our dogs are having to go maintain a steady pace for 20, 30, 40 minutes, an hour, the body uses energy differently. And so if we're, I already gave the example of, of uh, the, the fly ball or the agility dog, you know, for always doing just short spurts of energy, short, just sprinting, sprinting, sprinting. Yeah, that's great, but our dog will be even better and more fit and have better endurance if we combine the sprinting 
and you know a couple times a week once or twice a week if we can get some longer endurance more aerobic training versus anaerobic um and um and i've seen that uh i've seen it in my own dog uh in french ring we have a lot of activities that are short bursts of energy you know run down the field and bite go over a jump right the energy is just a very short period of time and what happened was the longer exercises, if you're in the higher levels of competition, you might become in, in there competing for, you know, 30 minutes, 40, 45 minutes. There's some downtime. But my dog didn't have the stamina. I was like, he can't do this whole routine at the highest level because, like, he doesn't have the stamina. And all my training was a lot of sports-specific training. So what I did was he, he needs more aerobic exercise. He needs more stamina. And I started running with him and adding miles, adding two miles, adding three miles. And I noticed, and my trainer noticed, as I was building his stamina with aerobic longer endurance training, his endurance in the sport was becoming better. He was handling the demands of the sport better. Even though my sport doesn't require him to run nonstop for 30 minutes, right? There, there are breaks in between exercises. You know, my sport doesn't do that, but because I was training on the side and just running some miles with him, it, it helped. He, he, he was better in the sport. So if you're focusing, you know, on the same activities, the same job, the same work you're doing over and over, you're built. We can't help it, but we're building imbalances. And so we we're not going to make it perfect. I don't think we're going to have a perfectly balanced program, but the more that we can recognize the imbalances and go and then you know, on, you know, add at least one day a week or, you know, be aware of it and try to integrate activities to balance those areas that we put so much emphasis, you know, emphasis in when we're training. Another area, um, hey, Shan, thanks for joining. Um, another example is I was doing um, ring sport, high energy, jumping, power, speed. And then I started doing detection training with, uh, with my dog, Knox. And detection training, um, you know, he's, it's a very different type of stamina. It's a lot of, you know, the mental endurance, the mental stamina he has to have to maintain a long search, but he's not running. He can't, I mean, he's not going to smell it. He, he's going so much slower. He's not, well, sometimes he, he tries to run, but I got to bring him back. And my problem is I have to slow him down. But what's happening is because I've been doing so much detection training, I have not been doing that that more intense cardio. And I've seen a decline in some aspects of his fitness level because he's now not having the high impact activities, the jumping, the running down the field and biting the decoy, all that strength training that he gets in protection sports. He's not when when he's not doing the protection sports, the detection work, he's not building the muscle mass by simply doing scent work. He's losing muscle mass compared to when we were doing protection sports. And so if I'm not going to do protection sports, for example, I need to think of other ways. I want to keep that muscle mass, especially as he gets older. As our dogs get older, they're going to be losing muscle mass from aging. So it's really important we have to keep that muscle mass and keep strength, you know, a part of our program. Um, so what I'm thinking here, if I don't do the big jumps that we do, strength training, the big jumps, if we're not doing, you know, him fighting with the decoy and that resistance with the decoy, 
Um, you know, I could do weight pulling. Uh, and there's other things that I can do to build uh, strength to so that I don't lose that same amount of muscle mass if I'm doing only detection work. And also it affects his stamina because he's not doing the sprinting and that anaerobic short bursts of energy, the intensity, he's not doing it in detection work and scent work like he does whenever he's doing the protection work. So it all affects his, his overall fitness. Um, and the other thing, um, I don't think I mentioned this. I, I, maybe I did. Nutrition. Um, nutrition is huge. Nutrition is huge because here's the thing is nutrition, nutrition in my circle. Let's see if we can go, go back to my circle. Um, I, I had to make this really quickly right before we went live. But if I had to redo, if I had more time, if we go to my little diagram here, what I would actually put, I would put in the middle, like I would put nutrition because nutrition affects everything. You could have the most amazing fitness program. And if your dog is not getting the nutrition that that he needs, like you could have horrendous results, horrible, horrible results. Um, I mean, I even had where Knox, he was, you know, getting uh, uh, his sugar, you know, his blood sugar level was dropping and he started showing signs. I, I thought it was heat stroke, um, but it was because he had gone so long without eating before we did real intense exercise. And it was his blood sugar dropping because. Uh, he, it was there was too much time between when he had energy and food in his stomach. And then when I, I was training like at 1130 at night, <laughs> that's what us crazy people do. Our crazy, crazy dog people training at midnight, 1130 at night. Um, so Barb has a question. Let me see if I could pull it up on the screen. Um, so Barb says, um, I want to add endurance bike work. Um, uh, worried about at what age? OK, the, the rule of thumb is. Um, anytime you're doing any kind of repetitive type activities or high impact activities. So like if I'm running with my dog, that's repetitive. You want your dog to be um, physically mature. Um, you want the growth plates to be closed for any of that kind of repetitive type exercise and activity. It varies. The only way you know for sure is to do the radiographs and have the veterinarian go and, you know, look. Um, or if the dog's like, you know, most definitely if they're like five years old. <laughs> um, but it does vary by breed. Um, some breeds, the you know, they finish growing um, sooner than others. Um, but uh, I know some people, the recommendation is, you know, unless you do the radiographs, they'll say go by two years, you know, as a kind of rule of thumb. Um, but, uh, but you want, you want your dog to be physically mature to do like road work and repetitive type exercises like that and high impact where you're, you know, you're building up a routine. And another thing to think, of, uh, just, uh, I said road work, but I don't mean pavement. So when your dog is doing, um, running or biking, um, um, things like that, scootering is, is popular, more popular in Europe is um, you want, if you're doing that kind of work for um, cardio, ideally you really want your dog to be on a softer surface. Um, you you don't wanna be doing endurance work on cement and, and, and hard pavement. You, you really wanna try to avoid that because of, of you know just the, the wear and the tear and the impact on the body. Um, so, you know, um, I, I don't, even for you, for humans, if you can, you know, if you're on a dirt surface, grass, um, if you're on trails or you're running on the sidewalk, um, try to get your dog to run off on the side, not on the sidewalk itself, but in like the grassy part. 
Um, so when I say road work, I don't mean like running them out on hard pavement. And you also, in the hotter weather, be really, really careful of the paw pads. No, you don't want to get them too hot. And it's really important that you have to build up that fitness program and, and build up endurance slowly over time. Um, if you don't do it, here's another challenge, is if you're building that fitness program, there, there's a science to how you combine. So if I take these programs, right? There, there is like a science and you use exercise science and you use, we do have some research in this in how do you build a balanced fitness program? How many days a week? Which exercises go well together? How far should you run the first week? How far should you run week four when you're three months into it, right? Um, when you're doing exercises or jumping and how many repetitions, how many days per week, how long should you do the activity? Um, and, and that's a, you know, that's not something I can answer um, right now. I mean, I, I have an entire six month program <laughs> where I teach people how to build these types of um, programs. I'll actually, um, I think I have the URL if, if you want to download the brochure. Let me see, here it is. Um, it's, um, this is the program bro brochure for my Northeast, um, for my elite canine athlete program. Um, but like I said, I literally, I, I, I spend, people will spend three to six months um, doing a very um, intensive training. And we talk about the basics of canine fitness. We talk about that balanced fitness program. But then, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about how do you build that program safely? How do you build it? Because here's the danger. Here's the danger is if you don't design your program correctly, you, you're, you create imbalance right? You're creating imbalances and your dog may be becoming weaker in areas. If you don't design your program correctly, you may be thinking, you may have all these things scheduled in, but if you don't design it correctly to overload the system properly, your dog's not going to get any better. You know, you're not, if you don't combine it right or build upon it correctly, you might train for two months and your dog hits a plateau and your dog doesn't get any faster. Your dog doesn't get any stronger. And even though you're doing the exercises, it's because you didn't structure them correctly. So one danger is that, you know, you're building imbalances, you're, you're building into more imbalances. Another danger is that you're building a program, but it, it's inefficient. You're, you're not doing an, you know, an effective program because you're not combining the, all those variables, you know, time and repetition and, um, how many days per week and when do you increase it? How, you know, when do you not increase it? The workload. So if you don't do that properly, your dog might not show any improvement. And if you also do it improperly, you could be doing too much too soon. And then your dog gets injured because you made your dog run a distance. It wasn't, its body wasn't prepared to do, or you made your dog jump too many times too many days that week, the body wasn't used to the demands of the work you were placing on it, and now your dog's injured. So, um, so I mean, when you just look at the chart like this, it's like, oh yeah, I mean, it, 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 I think it sometimes sounds pretty easy. It's like, okay, I'm just gonna add more cardio, or okay, I'm gonna add more strength training, and you might have some ideas, um, but if you're serious about it, especially if you want those elite athletes, you wanna, you have a working dog that you want in peak physical condition, what you have to do is to get your dog better, you have to overload. As the body adapts, you have to push it a little more. As the body adapts, you have to push it more. But you have to push it in just the right way that you don't create imbalances and that you're not 
um, you're not overloading the system too much too soon, and then your dog gets injured. Um, those are um, those are the challenges to it. Um, and uh, Angie says endurance is different than stamina. Aerobic exercise makes a huge difference in building stamina. Um, exactly. And so, uh, and then there's also there's the mental stamina and there's the physical stamina. And and I, I when I talk with some of the police officers um, who have detection dogs, explosive dogs, narcotic detection dogs, um, search and rescue people, like the dogs doing detection work, is. Um, there, there, there's, there could be a lot of mental fatigue, right? It's a lot of mental de demands on the dog when the dog's searching. So think about it. When you are not as physically fit, when you start to get really tired and fatigued, you're not as mentally alert. So having a fit dog and a healthy dog that has good endurance and good stamina, it's go you're going to see not just the physical effects, you're going to see the mental effects. You're going to see a dog that's clearer, that doesn't fatigue mentally as quickly. They're going to work longer and harder, and they're just—they're mentally—they're they're just going to be there longer with you. Um, and those are some of the things that I've talked about with some of the detection work. Um, another thing is when a dog is panting and panting and gasping for air, you know, they're not using their nose as well as when they're, you know, when they're not panting like crazy and really able to use their nose to sniff. Um, so even though you might not have a sport or a job that's high, high, high intense, right? It's not like a super, super intense, physically intense job. It doesn't mean that, you know, just it, that you don't have to do intense workouts and push, you know, really think about your dog at a higher level of fitness beyond what you do for your job or work or sport with your dog. Because even though the sport or the job might not require that level of intensity of, of a workout or, you know, it doesn't require your dog to work nonstop for 30 minutes, if your dog can physically work for 30 minutes and can physically, you know, um, maintain cardio exercise for 30, 40, 50 minutes, even though you don't have to do that for your job or your sport, you're going to get the benefits. You're going to get the physical benefits, the health benefits, and you're going to get the mental benefits of the dog is going to be more focused, um, more alert. Um, if you're competing, they're going to be more crisp and quick in, in responding to you because they're not all fatigued and tired mentally and physically, right? Um, thanks for bringing that up, the topic of um, endurance and, and stamina, because um, like I said, even if you know, even though I don't do that high intense work in the detection training compared to my protection work, my dog's going to benefit. His, his detection work is going to benefit if I can maintain that higher level of physical fitness, which I've lost some of it because we haven't done um, a protection work in a while. Um, so let me see. I'm looking to see if I missed any questions. I'll have to hop over to my other site because I have the video on a couple different places. Um, but let me just, I'll just put this up one more time. Let me see if, um, let me see, tiny. I'm going to see if I can just pull up what the, um, what the site looks like for the download. I'm just going to see if I can pull it up. Um, and so, so those are some things. If you guys have any questions, um, I have just a, a, a couple minutes here and I don't. Here we go. Let me see if I can pull up the brochure. I'm just going to pull up. This is the um, the website link that I gave you for the um, the tiny URL. It's a shortened URL. It's the Elite Canine Athlete Program brochure. 
um, that will give you more information. If it's something that you want to learn about designing programs and, you know, if you're a dog, a canine professional. I also talk about how to integrate canine fitness into your canine business. So, you know, you don't have to be, you don't have to be a canine. Your focus doesn't have to be all on um, canine fitness per se without being able to have it benefit like a business if you're a dog trainer and um, even if you do other types of things as a canine professional, um, there's a lot of ways that dogs can benefit. They don't have to be a sport. I'm talking a lot about sport dogs and working dogs, um, but all dogs, all dogs benefit from this. And all you have to do is look at the um, huge uh, percentage, the huge rate of obesity in the United States on human obesity and canine obesity that um, even though I'm talking about sport and working dogs, this most definitely you know, applies to pet dogs. Now, not, not necessarily, we you know, we're training for our pet dogs to be stronger and faster, but we want our pet dogs to be healthy. A lot of them need to lose weight. And so when we're doing that, we want a balanced program again, because if we don't design a program effectively, number one, either we won't see improvement. Number two, we might end up doing too much too soon and uh, put the dog in danger and the dog could have health consequence, health consequences um, or, or, or injury and or injury. I mean, injury is a health consequence, right? <laughs> um, so any, um, so Barb, I think I answered your question. Um, and let me just jump over to one more site uh, and see if there's any other questions. If I missed your questions, I will go back, I promise. And I will respond um, on the site. I will respond to, yep, yeah, I, I will go back. And um, you guys, if this is helpful for you, um, please feel free to share this. Um, and if you're watching the replay, you can still ask questions. I'll go back, I'll answer them, I'll reach out to you. Um, and also feel free to, if you have questions in addition to posting or if you wanna know more about how I help people learn how to de design balanced programs, balanced fitness programs for their dogs, um, you can message me. You can reach me on Facebook. Um, you can message me on my business page, Northeast Canine Conditioning. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can, you can Google my name. You'll find, you'll find me depending on where you watch the, the video replay also. Um, and I do post these on YouTube, but, uh, if you have any questions, feel free to post them. Um, message me if you're watching the replay and you can't post a comment, you can message me and I'd be happy to answer any questions. And like I said, if you're interested in learning more about how to safely design the programs, um, I, I help a lot of people in that area. But you know, the biggest thing that I want you guys to be thinking about is, um, you know, where in that balanced program, where is that, um, where are you putting your emphasis? All of us, all of us, even when you have a balanced program, all of us are putting more emphasis in some areas than others. So just think about it. Where have you been putting your energy and what's been sidelined? What have you been ignoring? And that's just one way to start to say, you know what? I don't do any stretching. Okay. That's one way to start. You need to start learning about and doing stretching. Or you might say, I don't do any aerobic, all my stuff sprinting, short bursts of energy. So, so that's something to look at. Um, you might say, you know what? I'm like Erica. <laughs> I don't do a lot of body awareness. You know, um, I don't do a lot of um, balance activities specifically focused just on balance. Um, so, you know, that'll, that'll give you an idea of where to start to have a more balanced program. Um, maybe you do a lot of cardio, maybe your dog gets lots of running and, and you do a lot of active act exercise, but maybe you're ignoring strength training. Okay. 
So think about it. Um, think about where are some of the areas that you're ignoring um, or you could do better and how can you start making a little bit of a change? And again, don't forget about uh, nutrition. Don't forget about nutrition. And one of the things, if you, here's the, here's the thing is if you're training and training and training and your dog's not getting any better and you, you're just not getting the progress that you think you should have, you know, go get an appointment at the vet. The, for here in the, in the Northeast, I always think Lyme disease. That's like the first thing when our dogs are getting fatigued and not performing as we expect them to, um, as they should. Uh, one of the first things I always think about is Lyme disease. Um, so if you, you know, if you feel like, gosh, I've been doing these exercises, I've been doing this cardio, my dog's just, he's, he just, he's getting fatigued. He's just not, you know, he's not getting any better. It could be your program, but it could also be a health issue. Um, and, and it could also be nutritional. It can also be nutrition, nutritional. So if you're not getting the results that you think you should be getting, you might need to go and revisit what it is you're feeding your dog. And, and you might have to make some changes to the nutritional needs of your dog. Um, so those are just some things for you to think about. So, all right, you guys. Um, I don't see any last minute questions or if, if I missed it, I'm sorry, I will go back. Um, and uh, thank you, I'm just skimming through the comments one last time. Thank you, thank you. I see Conchetta and Barb and Diane and uh, Michael and Chan. And thank you so much for sharing and for posting your comments. Um, again, I am here. I am on Northeast Canine Conditioning, my Facebook business page, every Friday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time if you want to catch me live. If you want to catch me live and come join me and ask questions live, um, but you can always, um, there are replays, and feel free to share the replay, pass it along. If you if you found any of this helpful and useful, I'm sure somebody else will also find it helpful. And uh, and thank you so much for joining me and uh, get out there. And you know, the big thing is just do stuff with your dogs. Just get active, um, increase your activity at a bare minimum. Just you know, increase your activity and make sure you have rest days if you're doing a lot. I'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, have a great rest of the